Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Located in Central Florida, Reformation Bible College seeks to equip students in the knowledge of God and His holiness, that they may glorify and enjoy Him in any career they enter. The founder of RBC, Dr. R.C. Sproul, carefully designed the curriculum to provide students with a classical education that is distinctly Reformed. In addition to receiving a firm theological foundation in the Reformed tradition, students have the opportunity to grow as they know, serve, and worship the Lord together in community with like-minded believers. Whether attending a weekly chapel service, catching up with a neighbor in the on-campus residence hall, or meeting with a professor at the cafe, an RBC education provides students with plenty of opportunities to take the biblical truth learned in the classroom and put it into daily practice. Incoming students can win a full tuition scholarship for their first year of on-campus studies through RBC's annual essay contest. This year, students are invited to submit essays on themes related to the Apostles' Creed. Entries must be received by March 1st, 2024, so start writing today and enter to win at reformationbiblecollege.org slash essay. If you'd like more information about RBC, visit reformationbiblecollege.org or send an email to admissions at reformationcollege.org. And welcome to Dwell, a Circe Institute podcast for homeschooling moms, by homeschooling moms. I'm your co-host, Renee Mathis, and I'm here with my other co-host and friend, Karen Kern. Hello, Karen. Hi, Renee. Nice to be here. It's so good to be with you. We've got, we're in, we're recording this in thanks, uh, November and Thanksgiving is just around the corner and Christmas is just around the corner from that. <laughs> we know as... Um, Former full-time homeschoolers, now retired homeschoolers, but grandma homeschoolers. Um, this is a crazy time of year, and holidays can be very hard, and they're a lot of fun, but they can be very stressful, because if you're a homeschooling mom, you're very busy, and you have a lot of things on your plate with just being in charge of math and reading and science and history, and, and now all of a sudden, for these last six weeks of the year, we're going to add a whole other layer on top of everything called Thanksgiving and Christmas. 
And maybe even past that, if you celebrate Christmas on into January, that's even more things. So um, we want to talk today about just how we can handle this busy, busy season and how we can handle it in such a way that allows us to continue to serve our families, to glorify God and and to to live well and in this very full and busy time of year. So Karen, where should we start? Well, let's just start with this whole idea of busyness. Because, yeah, like you said, it's um, all of the things of life plus Christmas. Let's just do it all. And everybody knows we cannot do it all, right? We cannot do it all. No, <laughs> that's a recipe. We can do it all. <laughs> so maybe we should start with um, how to how to prepare before it hits. Right. Because that's a, that goes a long way into when, when we make those decisions early on, and we've already had some things decided that makes it easier. Right. Right. Later. Like you mentioned in your family, you have a family tradition of um, your gingerbread house night. A gingerbread house contest. Yeah. So when everybody was here, because, oh my goodness, we also have everybody in our family, except for one, has a birthday in November and December. So on top of Christmas, we have all the birthdays. So uh-huh. on Saturday, we celebrated all the November birthdays. And while we were, Everybody was here. I said, let's get the gingerbread house contest date on the calendar because you know what happens. It's like all the busyness comes and then we've had years where it hasn't happened because we couldn't find a date. So we've got a date. However, you know, things could come up. Like somebody already said, oh, I think Seraphina is going to the, to the Nutcracker that day or something might come up. But it's on the calendar and hopefully everybody can come. And they you know, come at four o'clock and plan to make the gingerbread houses in little groups, different spots of the house and have dinner together. And it's it's really, really fun. But at the same time, to some degree, it all has to be held loosely. You know, like I was jokingly telling you that one of my children never participates. He just lies on the couch with his feet up <laughs> and has things to say about other people's gingerbread houses. But there's always some reason why he can't participate. That's okay. Well- you know, so you just, you, you make the plan early and you get all the things you need and you try to be organized about it. But in the end, you hold it all loosely. That's true. That's good advice. So I but, guess my advice there is getting it on the calendar now. Right. The priorities, right? What are the things that we really, really want to do this Christmas and Thanksgiving and making sure you put them on the calendar because then it starts, you start to realize I can't put everything on the calendar. There's not that much room. And so that's where some good conversations, I think with, with husbands and kids, if, if kids are old enough to give some input, like what's really important to them or what, what's a, that family tradition that, that they want to make sure that they do this year. And, and maybe it's just, we all sit at home and watch um, Elf on TV together and have hot chocolate and everyone wants to do that. Or maybe yeah, oh, just uh, yeah, like just the Christmas movies, trying to get through them all in the season. You get so you can get to the end of Christmas and say, oh, we didn't ever watch whatever movie that is. Right. And, oh well. We'll save it for next year. And if but, the kids are older, maybe they invite friends this year and yeah. you do a little differently. You don't always have to do the traditions the exact same mm-hmm. way. And it's okay to take a break from traditions and say, we're gonna put that one on hold this year. Um you know, Steve and I are looking at doing something locally that it, it involves going to a town about an hour and a half away and seeing their light show, which is on the river. 
there's no way I would have done that with five kids at all. Yeah. that's too much planning and too much stress and too many things can go wrong and and you can get stuck in traffic and like no not doing that but you know we're in a different place now so that's something you might do but um yeah you don't have to do everything but try to find out what's important to each person because that's a you know nice way to serve our families maybe maybe the only real important thing is that hot chocolate and movie night for your one child and that's very easy to pull off and that doesn't require a lot of preparation. So right. some families they go to the mountains every year and they they chop down their tree. And that is a really big deal. That's something we've never done. We've gone to the Christmas tree lot and picked yeah. out a tree. And then, you know, one of our kids is, has developed an allergy to real trees. So, you know, now the tradition is that the day after Thanksgiving, I'm putting up the tree and hopefully some grandchildren can come over, but it's fake. You know, so I would have loved to have gone to the mountains with our kids, but we, I could never figure out how to make that happen. It was like, it would have been a whole day. And so we did never do that, but lots of people do that. I want to put in a plug for making decorating time easier and less overwhelming. And that's go ahead and spend the money for the good containers for all your stuff and, and put them away somewhere that is try to I'm just trying to say try to be as organized as you can because when you pull it out the next year everything's not in this jumbled mess number number two every year you probably have a few decorations that have lived their life and are past their expiration date (laughs) and and it's okay to get rid of them I'm not talking about the handmade little things that you're you're never going to get rid of those but there probably are some things that you could say, mm, you know, this this is just not us anymore. And it's it's okay. You're not going to, you, you can bless some family at the Goodwill store by donating it if you have to, but you don't have to hang on to everything. And yeah. it's so much easier and less overwhelming to pull out one box instead of 10 and having to sort through all that stuff. So that's one thing is, and, and if, if you're not organized this year, when you pull it out, you know, the, the day after Christmas, you can run to Target or Walmart and, and get those ornament box holders and you start next start for next year. So the next year, it'll be better. And the second thing is, it's super helpful to me because I have a terrible memory, is I take pictures once everything's already decorated. Once I've decided, you know, where that Santa cookie jar goes, I take pictures. So next year, That's a good idea. I, just, I know where to put everything. And it's so much easier to not. Mm, that's funny especially in your new house yeah yeah we don't have to reinvent the wheel every year and things have a place and a home and it it just goes so much faster um so uh, um that's another of my busyness tips yeah and then we talked we talked about doing things ahead of time like i think was it in a text or whatever you were telling me about your pie dough well, you wrote that blog about making pie dough and yeah. then we were talking about it. So you you make your pie dough ahead of time and put it in your freezer. Right. And then you just have to pull it out and it's super easy to roll out and ready to go. And I'm also, I learned this last year. I'm a big fan of making cookies ahead of time. As much as I love the idea of, oh, the fresh baked cookies coming out of the oven, I learned that you can make them as soon as they cool, put them in Ziploc bags and freeze them. The freezer Ziploc bags, the ones that'll hold up, but they taste just as fresh when they're thought out. Nobody's going to know that you made these three weeks ago. Yeah. The kids are going to love them. Everybody loves homemade cookies. So, so Yeah. And you can also bring them out and have them frost them, right? Like if they're coming over 
And you don't want to have the chaos of having the kids, depending on their ages, you know, doing the entire process of baking. You can just come over and decorate because they're already in the freezer. You know, that's fun too. And also squares cut much better if they're frozen. If they're, you know, you get them out, you get like, I, I bake my brownies in a nine by 13 with um, baking paper. And then Mm -hmm. I just lift them out, cut it right in half, put them in two Ziploc bags wrapped in the paper still. And then when I go to cut them, the knife slides right through and they're perfectly formed squares, brownies. They're not falling apart. So that's helpful. Very helpful. Yeah. I I was telling you i'm still i'm still considering this so if you, if you do this in your family people and and you want to put it on our facebook page if it works for you this whole idea of making your thanksgiving turkey the day before and if my mom's listening to this she's probably gonna have a heart attack but make the turkey <laughs> or slice it up put the gravy over it reheat it in your crock pot the next day and then you have it your oven is freed up for making all the other stuff all those sides yeah I'm seriously think about that but i'll let you know how it goes I'm I mean, about that too Please let us know. <laughs> I wonder how much, like, how big a crock pot do you have to have to get a whole turkey sliced up in there? Well, I imagine once you slice it, it takes up less room. Sure. Because you don't have the carcass. But, yeah. We'll see. Good thoughts. Also, I was thinking, um, and I sometimes do this. I really should always do this. Um, clean out my fridge and my pantry the Monday before Thanksgiving or the Tuesday. Or actually right before I go do all that grocery shopping because it stays pretty organized right through the holidays that way. Get rid of a get rid of everything that's outdated. I don't know, maybe other people don't have that problem. But I have many things in my fridge that are outdated, I'm sure. Well, it's always a good idea to go through it at some point. And this is a great time to do that because you're about to fill it back up again. And it feels good when you have some organization in there. Yeah, yeah. That's always fun. And then I another thing to do is, well, we kind of talked about this already, but decide which traditions to keep. I think you mentioned that because, you know, years from now, your kids won't grow up and remember particular gifts they got, but they will remember doing those things, going to see the Christmas lights or, you know, whatever your traditions are. They'll remember those things. One of those things was, our kids, well, they talk about this. I think they talk about it more than I actually remember it, but um, they always got books on Christmas. So Christmas afternoon would be spent still in their pajamas, reading books in front of the fireplace, which really helped for those years when we lived in Idaho and we had no extended family around. We couldn't drive home because you just didn't want to risk driving across Montana in the winter. Mm -hmm. So we had many Christmases where it was just us. And so we had to, we had to have our own tradition separate from all extended family. And and I think those were the years where the days, the Christmas day was so quiet, but they enjoy reading their books in front of a fireplace. So they remember that. Hmm. That's lovely. And how peaceful, what a peaceful way to spend Christmas day. Let's take a moment to jump in here with some information from our friends at St. Constantine College. Individual mentorship, Socratic discussion groups, courses based on primary texts, a rural campus, minutes from downtown Houston. St. Constantine College is a holistic institution committed to helping students flourish 
Fully as scholars, citizens, and souls, St. Constantine College welcomes small cohorts to a big city and offers a world-class great text education at a low cost. To learn more, visit stconstantinecollege.org. And and there's so many things that, you know, not every tradition or activity has to cost an arm and a leg. And I know, you know, for a lot of young families, if you're on, you know, limited income or budget because mom's staying home teaching the kids, um, you know, again, like we said, putting the kids in the car in their jammies with some hot chocolate, or maybe you, you have hot chocolate waiting when you get home and you drive around and look at the Christmas lights in, in the neighborhoods, which are fun. And that doesn't cost anything. Or Maybe you you buy um, or sometimes you can you could even borrow or trade from some other families. Get a good puzzle and just set it up after Thanksgiving in an out of the way place and and take turns stopping by and putting a puzzle piece or two in. And that's something everybody can work on together or get a new game. The days get so dark. It's dark by 530. You know, the kids are playing outside and they need something to do in that time between dinner and bedtime rather than just be watching tv you know it's that's a nice quiet-ish activity well it should be quiet (laughs) (laughs) you never know but those kind having something like that set up or um chess you know having chess and checkers set up my grandsons love to play chess i was over there last night and they after dinner they got the chess game out and david played battleship with one of the boys and the other boys were playing chess it was just nice alternative to having something electronic on right, right to fill the dark spaces you know in the early evenings and if you're a book lover and if you're listening to this and you're a homeschooler i'm assuming you are um <laughs> another fun tradition is you know maybe you have some books set aside that you only get out during the christmas season yeah yeah i, I still have my big basket of books that i set out even though we don't have kids in the house but I love to go by and pick one up and, and read a few poems or some short stories or, you know, just some fun Christmassy books that that make a, a nice little addition to your coffee table. And they're they're kind of a welcoming, hey, you need to take a few minutes to yourself to sit down and, and read a book for a little bit. Yeah. And those can be collected at different times. Yeah. Well, speaking of books and homeschooling, um, we know that that's one of the things as homeschool moms that can be hard during Christmas is this idea that I've, I've got to do school, right? We're, we're, we're doing a great job with school. We've, we've gotten through the fall and and we want to keep up this momentum and this pace, only we have to add Christmas on top of all the history lessons and the math lessons and the reading and spelling. So what encouraging words do we have, Karen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, well, well, I would say like, just right off the top, don't assume that your friends, kids who are going to school are doing much more than what you're not doing or doing because, you know, teaching a Christian school for a number of years, not long ago, like it, it was a lot to put on a Christmas program. And so for two hours, pretty much every morning from Thanksgiving until the day of the program, we were spent rehearsing. So, you know, all the kids are in the gym. They're not doing math. They're not doing, they're just sitting there waiting for their turn. So all that to say, like, you know, it's like that everywhere. Christmas has its own demands and you have to meet them and you can let other things go. And in their, you know, you can still decide we're going to do math every day or, you know, you're going to do reading 
But there's so much around Christmas that can just take its place, not be added onto it. Mm-hmm. So substitute, substitute baking for some science or, you know, whatever, whatever you can modify and simplify depending on the age of your kids. Because if they're doing online school and they have a class, I mean, they're off doing that independently anyway. But as far as your hands on things, you can't do it all. You can't be making Christmas cookies and doing all the things. So just choose what you're going to do. Right. And and there's some, give yourself permission to, you know, make things a little different during the Christmas season. I mean, structure and schedules are super helpful and important, but it doesn't have to be the same things in that schedule that you had up till now. So maybe like you said, you schedule cooking or you schedule a day of, uh, you know, we're going to serve our neighbors by bringing them some of our homemade cookies. And so maybe, maybe you drive around town for a couple of hours, dropping off and delivering cookies to people. But you can also, instead of your normal history and reading, you can maybe pick a country and study up on their Christmas traditions. And maybe for family Friday night dinner, you have traditional foods from this country that you're learning about. Or you read a storybook with a Christmas folktale from that country. And that becomes your geography and your history. And um, and it's a little bit, you know, out of the ordinary. So it's a little fun, a little different. But everyone's still involved and learning and in, being poured into but just maybe not in the same way right yep also doing poems you know memorizing christmas poems Mm, that's beautiful yeah reading the christmas stories all of the you know revisiting the the chapters on christmas from little house or little women you know you don't have to read the whole book just read the christmas parts right the book right yeah and, and usually you don't have to tell your your kids to do this. They'll sometimes you'll find them acting it out on their own or with their dolls or with their toys, which is a lot of fun to yeah. see. Them, you know, their imaginations are just taking off and and doing something fun with all of this. So, and you know, there's always the Christmas craft supplies. You could keep a basket on hand with some construction paper and crayons and rubber stamps and stickers, and and they can go to town making Christmas cards for people or writing a letter to grandma okay i'm always going to put in a plug for send your grandma some letters yep. and cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's always fun and and it keeps them busy for a little while and you know you can give the toddlers some uh macaroni on their high chair tray or something to you know to play in yeah. and um yeah and then uh, the other thing that we had talked about was um how we can maintain the most important priorities you know because everybody you know how do we how do we teach our kids that christmas really is about christ and it's not just about gifts and hot chocolate and cookies and uh, all those good things um and one of those ways is to stay connected to either traditions of your church um and participating in whatever services, Advent services they have, maybe you're fasting, um, maybe you, there's a particular devotional that you read um, as a family, or maybe just personally, like stay stay connected to that. Like we have, every church has ways to do that. You just have to participate in those ways. Exactly. I'm going to put in a real quick plug here. Stay tuned for our next podcast after this one. Um, The one that is going to release after this one, we have a very special guest who's going to be talking about Christmas carols and stories. And um, I think you'll enjoy that a lot. 
but yeah, um, the church, our, our church families, those are the people that we minister to in person with skin on in our, our communities. And, um, you know, we have limits. We, we can't, we can't be sometimes it, it feels overwhelming when you see all the stuff going on in the world around us, but it's so far away and it can be very overwhelming yeah. at that focus on, but if we can kind of keep our minds on the people, the human beings embodied in our communities that, that we come into contact with on a regular basis and, and remember to stay connected there. So yeah, church traditions, um, our, our church, for example, we make it a practice of publish, publishing the, the upcoming songs that we're going to be singing on Sunday. So everyone in church gets an email on Wednesday about what songs are coming up. And and we can start singing them together as a family. We can start listening to the parts. We can start um, becoming familiar with them. And I would encourage you as you know, families with small children that if, if your church doesn't do that, find a way to... to just ask, right? When, when they're putting the bulletin together, maybe someone could send you an email with the song list. And hopefully you have a hymnal at home and, or, you know, if nothing else, you can listen to it on Spotify or YouTube and start making those songs a part of a part of your family culture. Um, this is something, of course, you can do long after the holidays all year long, but um, it's fun at Christmas because everyone probably, probably knows most of the songs anyway. Traditional yeah. Care. Yeah, and then um, Advent wreaths. If you don't have an Advent wreath for your table, get one. They're not that much, and you just put beautiful, you know, the four. It depends depends on the tradition, but typically it's four weeks and then one candle in the middle mm-hmm. for Christmas Day. And so every night, you know, every for the first week, you light the same one candle every night, and then the next week you add two candles every night and then three candles every night and then four candles and then the middle one too. And it's just a visual way for kids to see that we're getting closer. Yeah. The anticipation is so yeah. fun. And, and advent calendars too. Yeah. Where you open a little, get a little piece of chocolate yeah. or present or something. The, the whole idea of something exciting is coming and happening and we're waiting for it. And of course that's the spirit of advent anyway, is, you know, looking forward to the arrival of the Christ child but um, I think we've lost a lot of that in our culture because we just spill it all out right in the beginning and, and there's nothing to look forward to because it's already here. But Advent maintains that idea that something is coming and we can wait expectantly, which which is a good thing to do. It's a good thing for families. It's a good thing for kids to learn how to do is to wait. Yeah. Or something exciting. Yeah. And then I, I I just add something from my own experiences that four of our five kids were born around Christmas. And so that necessitated a slower, quieter Christmas. I was either with a newborn or I had one born on the 26th and then one born on the 28th. So I was either like nine months plus pregnant or with a newborn for, you know, four years. And those were like, those were precious times. Like it, like it makes you slow down and stay home and be quiet. And that's not bad. No. So if for some reason in your life, maybe it's, you know, I don't know. Any, maybe it's that, maybe it's a baby, maybe it's finances, maybe it's other struggles, health or whatever. And you have to have a quieter Christmas. You just have to like, enjoy that. Yeah. Like to embrace it. Right. Slower. That's where God has you providentially, then then that's God's will right now. And that's okay. And, and to embrace that and not fight against it. I think like you've said, beautifully allows you to see the blessings 
of that particular season and those limitations can be a blessing yeah I'm I like I am such an introvert I remember when you're getting through the whole Christmas season and going I didn't have to go to one party (laughs) (laughs) it was the best Christmas I never I didn't have to go to one thing so not everybody feels like that (laughs) no I'm like which party are we going to today I've got to tell you a funny story. <laughs> We're getting ready to end. So um, Steve was approached by a young a high schooler at our church because she's directing the kids' Christmas pageant. And we, you know, we don't have a huge church. So we're not talking live camels walking down yeah. the aisle. But she asked Steve if he would build a manger for, for oh. the nativity. And he was like, sure, send me a picture of what you want. Well, so she sent him a picture and he built a wooden manger. It's beautiful. And then mm-hmm. we found out after it was built, they're going to put a real baby in there. Oh. Just one of our, our more recently born babies in the church is, is going to be on tap to play Jesus. Well, this manger wasn't big enough for a real baby. Oh. <laughs> he had to make so some what did he do? So he had to redesigned it and, 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 and put some bigger pieces of wood in there. But it's gorgeous. And he stained it. And Oh, maybe you can like just hang on to it for a grandchild. Oh yeah. Oh, well, or the church will use it for Yeah. David oh. was David was Christmas baby Jesus in 1986. <laughs> he was he played the part of Jesus. He was uh 3 weeks old. Oh wow, he's young. Yeah, yeah. Baby, normal baby Jesse is going to be 3 months old. So yeah. that's why he wouldn't fit in the little tiny man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those are fun things. So those yeah. are fun memories. Yeah, when you have a chance to take part in them, do it. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was good. Any any last bits of advice for how to survive the holidays? Pray, smile, find some time uh, by yourself. Have that morning cup of coffee before everybody wakes oh, up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's crazy. And, and hold expectations loosely. Right. I think we mentioned that, like, just. Yeah. You can't do all things. And nothing is worth risking relationships because you're holding what you want to have happen. That's very wise. Right. It's like, let it go. It's, it's fine. Right. Yeah. So, well, thanks for being here with me. It's good to see your smiling face. And next time we'll be back to talk about Christmas carols. So thanks, Renee. And thanks to everybody for listening. And here's to home.